1: It is WWTC Minneapolis Saint Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio.
2: For SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Nationwide average price for gas now topping five dollars for the first time ever. Some parts of the nation have been paying more than that already. In particular, on the West Coast, gas now a dollar ninety three higher. Than at this time last year, thousands of protesters hitting the streets all across America today. It's part of a renewed push for gun control. Organizers have focused on smaller marches at an estimated some 300 locations. Ukrainian and British officials warning that Russian forces relying on weapons with potential to cause mass casualties. UK Defense Ministry says Russian bombers have been launching heavy 1960s-era anti-ship missiles that can cause severe collateral damage and many, many casualties. This is SRN News.
1: This weekend, the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. As primary season continues, voters in the city of San Francisco vote to recall one of the country's radical D.A., Chase Abudin. And I think this is what people are waking up to across America. Join our program, sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, the Patriot Intelligent Radio.
3: AM
4: 1280,
3: The Patriot, coming to you from the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios. And join us in welcoming Brandon Tatum to the AM 1280, The Patriot
4: family. Tune in weeknights from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Officer Tatum Show. Your weather uh, today, chance of showers, high of 79. Tomorrow, partly sunny, high of 80. The Narn with Mitchburg continues
5: on The Patriot.
1: Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind
4: beneath the right wing. The show that's making talk radio great again. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. 20 years of bringing you the truth as I see it. Uh, Every uh, weekday morning, along with my uh, co-bloggers, Jeff. Cuba, mr d and first ringer uh 20 years strong uh basically bring the, all the truth that we can squeeze into uh three four posts a day uh which is my show prep every week for this broadcast 18 years of dominating all twin cities media as a benevolent but complete despot uh glad you could all join us here after doing this show for 18 years i thought i had seen everything i thought i had done everything a local weekend talk show host could do i will say this is a 1st I am interviewing a candidate for office, a sitting incumbent for office, and I hereby offer equal time to her Republican opponent. <laughs> I've done that on the other side of the aisle many times. Democrats, please join us. I offer I, By law, I have to offer you equal time. Governor Walz, Senators Flint Smith, uh, Senators Smith and Klobuchar, uh, Congresspeople Ellison, uh, Congresspeople, uh, Attorney General Ellison, Congresspeople Omar McCollum, uh, a a fellow from CD3, whoever you are. Dean Phillips, thank you very much. Uh, I've offered them equal time and gone begging every single time. This is the first time I've I've actually had to offer equal time to Republican candidates because – the law bids me to do that in response to my next guest here, uh, sitting incumbent representative from House District 51A, uh, the Egan area, uh, the area that is uh, around and about this radio station. Sandy Mason joins us for the first time. Sandy, welcome to the broadcast.
7: Hello, Mitch. Thank you so much. It truly really is a pleasure. Uh,
4: it, it is a pleasure to have you, and, and a rare one indeed. I, don't th- I think this is the first DFL sitting um, politician I've had on this broadcast since R.T. Ryback in two thousand. Nine? 2008, 2009? Mm-hmm. It's been a because long time. Why? I keep offering. I, I keep offering. I, I've had standing invitations to literally every elected Democrat at the statewide level, all the constitu- uh, constitutional offices. Somehow... It never happens. And yet here you are here today, here in the belly of the beast, uh, talking to the the red meat conservative audience of the Twin Cities Metro. The the casual observer might ask, good God, why, Representative Mason? (laughs) What brings you here on this gorgeous Saturday?
7: Well, first of all, I have lived in this community for many, many years and am familiar with the building here. So it's really, again, uh, a distinct pleasure to be here. And would it make you feel better? if you knew that way back when i used to be a republican and i no matter what party i'm in i'm i guess i'm always considering myself more of a moderate well and it as, and by the way it,
4: it might in that I used to be a Democrat. I never <laughs> there you go It took me twenty years to tell my parents I voted for Ronald Reagan in 1984 because they would have disowned me in fact, once I came out of the closet as a conservative, I think my mother uh, my late mother uh, used to tell prefer telling people that I'd just gotten out of prison rather than what I had been doing for uh, for a, a hobby with a nudge and a wink obviously here so <laughs> yes, we, we all uh, find our, our our pace in life as, as things go along here, and of course. This uh, While this district has been returning to to office since 2012, as I recall.
7: No, it's I first won in 2006. 2006. And then I lost in 2010, and then I came back in 2012.
4: That's right. You had the various Wardlow. You replaced uh, Lynn Wardlow, as I recall. No, it
7: was Diane Anderson. Diane
4: was, Anderson. That's right. That's right. One of those 51s here you way see. back when. <laughs> I, I remember doing fundraisers for all of them. In fact, I have worked for everyone that has ever opposed you in office. Oh, that's nice <laughs> r- to hear, r- I running, guess. R- to talk Running run fundraisers for literally everyone that has run for the GOP nomination in this district since 2006, as I recall here. Uh, so, which is fine. I mean, here we are, and I've never lost a guest yet. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, some people might say it's a little... Uh, yeah, so, what does bring you here today, uh, Representative okay. Mason?
7: There, there is a lot going on right now and particularly, I'm going to focus on most of the emails that I'm getting right now. They have to do with The bills that are still on the table. Okay. And item one, I believe that the bill, education bill that's still waiting to get through the Senate is probably the best bill I have heard since I have been in the legislature.
4: We'll come back to that bill in just a moment here, just to explain a little bit of legislative mechanics for people who don't follow this. Bills that come up in the even-numbered year... And that aren't actively killed off, they carry over for the next year. If they're tabled in one session, they carry over to the next session. So, uh, Bill, just like the monsters in the scream movies, they're not dead just because you kill them off at first, uh, right. because they they, they they can come back next year. So, with that understood, uh, these are this is an education bill that was uh, brought up this last session, uh, didn't come up to a vote apparently. Okay, to, to it's our,
7: basically yeah. yeah, and I guess we're using the word supplemental bills because okay. we did pass... Yeah, last year was our budget year so we did pass all all the bills that needed to be passed for that and that's part of the controversy is because we d- are fortunate to have a surplus which is rare right and uh so there were some supp- supple- well, well uh, I'll call supplemental bills right now and then the other thing is this is actually a bonding bill year. The right. second year of the session is a bonding bill. We have not passed a bonding bill, even though we have millions of dollars uh, that we can have access to, and we know that our infrastructure is really in bad shape in this state. So we need to be paying attention and for people that want to put it off I mean th- this stuff cannot wait. And typically by the time we get to pay uh pass certain bills regarding construction if it's past april construction is you know it's already missed the construction for that year
4: let's talk about infrastructure when we talk about the transportation bill that is also on the table here right now there's a, there's a lot of a lot of that's been a hot topic of discussion on this broadcast for some time here right now, and I, and I want to talk about that in particular. But let's come back to the education bill. Now, an awful lot of people in this audience have led the exodus from the public schools. This uh, broadcast is a hotbed of charter schoolers, homeschoolers, private schoolers, people who have, uh, including myself, I pulled my kids out and put them in the charter schools because the St. Paul School District is... I'm trying to think of things I can say on AM radio, uh, not someplace I want to put my kids. On the other hand, I have a lot of friends who are teachers. My father, two of my grandparents, my little sister are all teachers. I'm not out there uh, going after teachers here at, at all, by any means. But tell us a little bit about the education bill and why people perhaps might want to take another look at it from your point of view, Representative Mason. Okay.
7: First of all, let me do the backtracking. Mm-hmm. If we go back to the years when uh, Governor Plenty was. In power or had the office. There was a lot. They were dealing with deficits big time, right. and it took money away from various accounts, right? Including some from the uh, education bill. And as you remember, there was a huge loan at the end, which was that part was repaid, right? So okay, so bringing up to date, we have never truly made our school districts whole from that period forward. I think when we uh we've been trying to do at least two percent to keep them even, so we're we're keeping school districts even, but nevertheless they still have the holes right. that have never been repaid. so what this bill would will do it will item one do a huge amount for the cross subsidy, and for those people that are uh are not familiar with the cross subsidy these School districts are mandated by the federal government to pay for special education. Right. And supposedly, not supposedly, this federal government is supposed to be picking up something like 40%, which they don't. Right. So the school districts have the mandate, and because they're not getting the money from the feds to fill in the federal amount – they have to come up with the money from their regular budgeting, which right. means they're taking money from other parts of their, you know, teaching, et cetera, et cetera.
4: Yeah. And, and one place and, and and by the way, I, again, my father was a teacher, one of the best teachers ever, lifelong Democrat, may have voted for a first Republican in his life since ike at least this last year because uh, well the first lady of north dakota is one of his old students and a high school classmate of mine that's the oh, only that's, reason okay. only reason that's right uh kathy Bergham, of course classmate 81 anyway so uh that's the only reason my dad would ever vote for a republican and yet uh you get get him started about where the money goes in schools the guy sounds like it could be a ron paul supporter and i'll tell you why our representative mason uh what well, we'll just leave that the whole the mechanics of of uh, just we'll come back to that in a moment here but one of the things that school districts don't tend to borrow money from and you may not get much into this as part of your uh part of your legislative brief but the amount of administ- money spent on administration administrators uh administrative overburden very very well paid administrative staff that never gets cut that never gets borrowed from administrators just keep getting fatter and happier out there and when the cuts do get need, need to get made whether it's from a deficit from a shortfall in state money, or from uh, from from priorities during the, the the fat years, like we apparently have now, uh, if we accept the idea that uh, the defi- uh, the surplus is pennies from heaven, which is not a whole subject uh, it 's the classroom that are the, the, the flea on the end of the tail of the dog uh, when you get past the special interest, the administrative interest, and it 's like it 's not so much that people in Minnesota oppose education funding. They're in fact, they've been quite proud to do it for generations now. It's just that the priorities that the districts have once they get all that money from us, the taxpayers, are so distorted because of the administrative state. Uh, perhaps that's that's not part of your brief, but on the other hand, that's something a lot of us would love to get answers on uh, when it comes to you know, our legislators, what we tell them to vote for and why. Uh, any I, I mean, your any thoughts on that, Representative Mason?
7: Well, my immediate response would be. They elect the school board members, and it is the school board members' responsibility to deal with the budget. Yeah. So that that would be the area that I would... Suggest they con- those are the people that need to be contacting. Okay, so it's first. a local it's a local issue, absolutely, right. and of course, I've
4: got a better chance at a third date with Scarlett Johansson than having <laughs> my vote heard in the city of Saint Paul, where I live. That's that's uh, that's again not a legislative issue here. But so, your case for this this le- uh, education bill, uh, filling in gaps in funding, you said it was a particularly good bill. What what are the good points okay. uh, from your perspective, Representative Mason?
7: Okay, as I said, it really. Does a lot to help with the cross subsidy, which okay. means the the district will not have to be t- uh, cutting down, uh, you know, on salaries of teachers uh, or maybe not getting enough art supplies or a number of other things right. that some schools are really desperate to yeah. uh, to have. Yeah. So that to me is is huge, and I've talked with uh, s- superintendents from my district, and to them. The, they've looked at the amounts, and they feel that those, you know, if we get that cross-subsidy piece across the line, that will help them a whole lot with, so they won't have to be making the cuts to teachers, so they won't have to be cutting as many programs, et cetera. It's not going to solve everything, but it's a bi- it will be a big help.
4: We need to do more of this, Representative Mason, and I'll talk about that later on the next segment. We're already up to our break here oh, right now. Okay. It's like falling off a log, isn't it? Let's take a quick break. I want to talk about the tax bills, the transportation bill that we talked about, which is of particular interest to us here. And, uh, so, and take calls at 651-289-4488 for Representative Sandy Mason. 51A, soon to be 52A. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk when we come back. Northern Alliance AM 12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back.
1: Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
5: Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel, this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855 565 5519 To reserve your spot, again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today.
3: Your guests will be impressed when you serve them round ice cubes with their cold drinks. Hi, it's PJ from PJ's Appliance. Check out our new LG refrigerators that feature an automatic ice maker that creates bar quality sphere ice. The slow melting round ice cubes make every drink taste better. This little detail can make you the best party host on the block. Craft clear sphere ice right from your new LG refrigerator from PJ's Appliance. You know we take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality appliances at unbeatable prices. Come see why PJ's Appliance Outlets have quickly become the trusted store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers, dryers, dishwashers, and so much more. Visit our showrooms in Plymouth or Maplewood or find us online at PJ'sApplianceOutlet.com. That's PJ'sApplianceOutlet.com, where every deal is a steal.
8: Searching for ways to strengthen your daily walk? Visit Crosswalk.com. From devotionals to Christian living topics, movie reviews to marriage and financial articles, and so much more, the intersection of faith and life, Crosswalk.com. The division of Salem Media Group.
4: AM twelve A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Hey, Father's Day is coming up, and all you dads out there, uh, you know what would make Father's Day best of all not just breakfast and bed that'd be cool too how about $2000 drop by the am12a com website to register you can even sign up daily for more chances to win what would your dad spend 2000 bucks on oh heck to the yeah i can think of so many things i could drop 2 grand on i'm thinking those reissue fn browning uh, hp35s one of those and perhaps an extra guitar just because I have to keep the two in balance at all times. Those are all possibilities here. Uh, Representative Sandy Mason, currently uh, Senate, uh, House District 51A, uh, after redistricting, this district will become 52A around uh, the station here. So, uh, w- a welcoming uh, a rare welcoming of a DFLer from across the aisle to the belly of the uh, conservative beast here. We we try to be civil to everyone around here, as most so people. far so good. So but... far so good. Let's let's try and keep that rolling here. And by the way, we are uh, taking phone calls at six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. As soon as G uh, G Money is upstairs, getting our next guest lined up here, so we'll be going to the phones momentarily here. So stay tuned. But let's uh, let's work our way. I'd By the way, you point this out here. While a lot of people in popular culture do go hammer and tongs about the politics with each other on social media, in the legislature, that stuff is largely for the cameras, and those of you down at the the Capitol usually get along moderately
7: well. Exactly. Uh, When we're, as I said, walking through the halls, if we're in the elevator together, we're just normal conversation. It's in the chamber where people tend to be, what i consider to be theatrical and uh yeah. and many times lately i object to what they what they say or how they say it because when you're in the chamber in my opinion you represent the whole body yeah and that to me is really important when people will go off on their personal tangents and say things that are, I believe, are inappropriate f- to the institution itself.
4: Okay, fair enough. We can fill in blanks all over the place on that here. <laughs> right. One of the bills you want to talk about, I'd like to address briefly here, is one uh, on which there is a great deal of, of uh, conflict between the parties and yet at least one bit of common ground. You referred to the tax bill that uh, is currently on the table and that will be carried over to the next session here, including... Uh, one that I think people on many people on the both sides i uh, agree on uh, the Social Security uh, taxing Social Security benefits for retirees in the state of Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is one of the few states that do that. Uh, tell us exactly. more about that.
7: And I mean, for years we have been uh, getting requests for people to exempt Social Security. Uh, but I might want to mention because obviously I have looked into it previously, but. I mean, you're talking a good portion of our budget when we're doing that. But not only uh, Social Security; there are many other pensions that people get, like you know, railroad. Mm-hmm. They do not get Social Security. Right. So right now, when we're exempting, you know, like if we're doing Social Security, we know that you, we're going to get requests from all of these others. And it's, as I said, it's a huge amount of money. But nevertheless. Uh, the current tax bill does have the ex- has another exemption for Social Security. And I'm getting a number of emails that want us to come back and get this bill signed.
4: I imagine uh, you're going to get a fair number of people who say, let's 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 chop off some of these taxes. Good knows. Uh, good Lord knows we have nothing to spend money on these days. Let's go to the phones in Roseville. Brian, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You are on the air with Representative Sandy Mason.
9: Hey, Mitch, thanks for having me. Um,
3: hey, Representative Mason, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your willingness to have open dialogue on complex issues. And I want to ask about one related to gun rights and gun control. Can you tell us if you support a ban on commonly owned firearms
0: like the AR-15? And if you do, then I'm curious, what limits do you believe as a legislator go too far in terms of limiting the Second Amendment
4: right to keep and bear arms? Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for your call, Brian. Representative Mason.
7: Thank you very much for the question, and thank you for calling in. The other day I was in a meeting with uh, Moms Demand Action, who obviously are very much advocating uh, curtailing some of our gun laws. Most of them, in fact. But, yeah, sorry, carry on. But at the end there was one woman... That said, she had a daughter who was going to be going into kindergarten next fall, mm-hmm. and the woman was. And she said, "I don't know what to do." She was. I mean, she was literally at the tear stage. Right. But then she also mentioned she had lived near Columbine, right, as well. So she had that background, and. Yesterday, I was at a chamber meeting where we got into talking about these uh, guns that are being—the heavy guns that are being used in some of these uh, massacres. And they're saying, I mean, these guns, they have to use DNA to figure out who the kids are. How do you shoot? Why would you have—where would you use a gun against kids like that well why and, is it necessary in, in
4: in cases like that it's and, and this is just a, one of those facts that strikes some people as pedantic and yet for those of us who take civil liberties seriously uh the, an important distinction is: it's not the gun it's the fact that in cases where a mass shooter has an hour completely unmolested to shoot the same person uh hideously over and over and over again yeah that's what happens it's a horrible thing but it's not a matter of the gun because you could do the same thing with a common handgun, or a, a muzzle-loading musket, or a baseball bat, for that matter. Uh, it's going after, as, as Brian, our caller, I believe, is getting at here, uh, going after the kind of gun, the firearm that hundreds of thousands of Minnesotans own. There, there are at least fifteen million of them in America. Today. You're not getting them. Uh, I mean, just as a, as a practical matter, uh, completely dodges the the, the vast majority. Of crime in this country. I mean, in a bad year, 100 people are killed by all long guns. In the meantime, seven or 8,000 people, most of them brown and black, most of them in big cities, most of them victims of gang violence, are shot by common handguns here. And none of the measures that were... And those lives are just the same as, as everyone else's here. And, and none of the laws being proposed by the DFL in the last several sessions have touched any of those... Uh, any of the crime that causes 95% of the homicides in this country.
7: It well. First of all, the fact is that we have a lot of guns here, and obviously there are many times people have access to guns that should not have. Okay. And that, to me, is a problem. So I, I do believe that when people buy guns, there should be a background check. And and I do not take this lightly. Let okay. me tell you that. Sure. But you're you know these, they are being used to kill people, and and i i do not see us doing away with guns in the near future so it's something that we need to live with but we also need to place restrictions on the people that have that and the what, these you know i guess i call them machine guns or uh, you know these various huge guns that people are using why in the world would you buy that i mean you're not going to shoot it's not for hunting. My, my neighborhood is rather prone to home invasions where
4: three, four, five armed people will kick down a door in the middle of the night or any time they want to and uh, ransack the house. And if you happen to be home, tough luck for you. And if you're unarmed, you can wind up injured or dead. And at times like that, you want a gun that is not going to run out of bullets until your attacker runs out of attack. I will say I don't want to, by the way, folk. I mean, Brian's call is, is well taken here. I think there is a dialogue that needs to be happening here about guns and the dfl god bless them uh for all that they, they bring but they, they they seek a monologue and there's a lot of information out there that dflers believe they're just flat at odds with reality and we don't need to go too on too far on this here because i know we're both people who who seek the best results for society and for people and don't want to see any more dead kids i just think that there are different approaches to this i think brian was getting at that in his call as well here I want to talk with you about the transportation bill. This is like red meat for people all over the place here. Uh, You you have a transportation bill you want to discuss here.
7: Yes. Again, it's one of the bills that is sitting on the table. And there is money in there that will match federal funds. Now, the federal government is... Providing money to states so that we can to help with infrastructure, yeah. which we desperately need to do in this state, I mean we are living on infrastructure that is paid by our grandparents, our parents. We need to do something now for our children and our grandchildren.
4: We do. And we've got roads that are crumbling. Believe me, in St. Paul, I have a suspension on, a, on an old Toyota Corolla that got completely crushed by, the, by Hamlin Avenue by the Target store. Uh, it, it'll never be the same. And so, uh, and so with that in mind, with all the infrastructure work that needs to be done, uh, one might ask, why is so much state money going into... God-forsaken railroad trains that will never break even, that are always running far behind, and in the case of the Southwest Light Rail Line, is a money pit uh, of of epic proportions that will very likely not come in anywhere under three a mil- billion dollars, and may never carry a human being in anger. Uh, could could we could we co- perhaps compromise on getting
7: rid of some of these vanity projects? I guess I do not consider trains to be a vanity project. I grew up, actually, in Cleveland, Ohio, in my backyard, was a huge railroad yard, so right. I I appreciate railroads. I, I grew and up I in I, a
4: railroad town myself, so, next to a switch yard. I understand so, railroads as a whole, as a freight hauler, sometimes in some parts of the world as a people hauler, but... In the Twin Cities, I mean, uh, light rail has been a, a financial boondoggle so far, and, the, and that's even before but, you get into the light, uh, Southwest.
7: But when you cut, uh, look at how many people actually ride the red and blue lines, it's significant. I mean, people like to do that. I know people that live in my community that normally when they are going to the games in Minneapolis, et cetera, they will go and take the, the Oh, I ray. get it.
4: Oh, yeah. During Twins and Saints games and Vikings games, they're, they're packed to the gills. Exactly. The rest of the time, they're packed to gills. with. We are out of time here, and we need to do this again. It's, it's, Representative it's, Mason, this has been a lot of fun and uh, a very interesting conversation, and I very much want to do it again. Could we do that again here sometime soon?
7: Absolutely. I would love to.
4: Representative Sandy Mason from Senate, House District 51A. By the way, equal time is hereby offered to her opponent in this upcoming election. It's the law. i got to do it. First time ever for me. Thank you for joining us. Ted June, when he come back, go nowhere. We'll be right back.
7: Thank you. Have a good afternoon.
3: Big news, Greta Van Susteren is back. She's the host of Newsmax's new show, The Record with Greta Van Susteren. Starting June 14th, Greta reports on the really big stories you need to know. She's smart, tough, and always fair. Get the latest info about her new show. Text the word GRETA to 39747. Millions are making the switch to Newsmax. Find it on all major cable systems and streaming platforms. Don't miss this. Text GRETA to 39747 now. Texting enrolls for automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply.
1: 800-884-9018.
4: AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Hey, you can watch the documentary everyone is talking about, 2,000 mules. Dinesh D'Souza exposes the widespread voter fraud we all knew happened during the 2020 election through cell phone geo-tracking and surveillance footage. We can see the mules at work in five key states where the election was decided. It was executive produced by Salem Media Group. Check it out at SalemNow.com. 2,000 mules Worth a watch. By the way, I checked out some of the fact checks. They're really more like plausible exception checks, but whatever. More on that next week here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. With us uh, to discuss an increasingly frenetic campaign season and uh I- increasingly in evolving field is our next guest uh Tad Jude welcomes us here uh we welcome rather Tad Jude to the uh, the broadcast again same season different office you uh, of course were i i I, I can't come out too far in the open in my support for candidates before endorsements these days. But you were my guy in the race for attorney general. You came up short uh, against Jim Schultz, although Jim Schultz is running an excellent race, I think. So that's that's the um, that that's the icing. Uh, that's the silver lining, I suspect here. I I'm thoroughly behind him, and you have redirected your efforts uh, this past week to an almost equally important office here, the Hennepin County Attorney's Office. Uh, tell know, us a little the uh,
9: of... same hallway, a different door. That's right. door <laughs> shut, another door open. <laughs> and uh, I look at uh, at Hennepin County. It is a situation where people are crying for safe streets, safe neighborhoods, and yeah. just basically a safer Hennepin County. There was a gentleman shot at a gas station last night in Plymouth. Yeah. And uh, yes. over the last uh, year or so, you've had... I think eight children under 10 years old, 10 or under, yeah. who have been shot in Minneapolis. Yeah. And and people are screaming for help. I, I mean, people are looking to get away from the carjackings or looking to get away from the violent crime that we've had just permeate
4: the and, and, neighborhood. And, and the case for change has had two great uh, setups in this past six months or so here, six, eight months here now, uh, Tad Jude. First of all, last fall. The uh, the DFL's pet project, moving to defund or reconfigure the Minneapolis Police Department, got uh, gunned down, got curb stomped hard, m- most uh, emphatically in the uh, in the in the neighborhoods where the crime is, places like North Minneapolis, uh, East Lake Street, uh, the Phillips neighborhood, the, the the South Side down into the 30s, got absolutely slammed, two to one. In the meantime, uh, the white progressive neighborhoods, uh, Longfellow. And uh, Seward and places like that, like uh, Linden Hills, voted slightly in favor of the defunding of the police, which was a pattern that, that recapitulated itself this past week in San Francisco as Shaza Boudin got ejected from office by a 60-40 margin led by the communities of color that everyone thought would be four square in favor of, quote, criminal justice reform this sets you up rather nicely to announce your campaign against the dfl's endorsed candidate mary moriarty who's cut from the exact same cloth as shaysa Boudin. am i correct
9: you know the dfl and uh UNOR outdone have outdone themselves
4: <laughs> in oh, County. yes
9: they've had a uh race and we have it all coming to a primary yep it's going to be august 9th and uh, we have seven candidates six of them are democrats and um The one the DFL endorsed, they tried to outdo each other in terms of trying to turn the criminal justice system down. I mean, and and just turn it over and uh, you might as well close the jail if uh, you have Mary Moriarty elected our our county attorney. It's uh, a situation um, with with COVID and Hennepin County where our jail census is about half of what it used to be. Yeah, and, uh, and and it was done intentionally. Uh, there, there was a movement to try to depopulate our jails, depopulate the juvenile detention center, and uh, now we have communities have paid a price. I mean, it's the communities that have had high crime that are speaking for law enforcement. They're seeking to have violent criminals put behind bars, and yeah. uh, and and we need to do that.
4: And and the need, I mean, is has been made very. Plain, uh, if if the story of Minneapolis this last four years hasn't been enough, you can look at Portland and Seattle and San Francisco. I mean, watching and, and New York and Philadelphia and Baltimore, even before that, and St. Louis. You can look at what happens in cities like this where enforcement of of, of laws against violent And serious lifestyle crimes like shoplifting, like vagrancy, like uh, drug abuse in public, uh, directly attack the quality of life of everyone else in the city, the people who work, the people who pay taxes, the people who try and live and raise families in cities, uh, in all of these cities, especially Minneapolis these days. Tell us a little bit about the alternative. What happens if Mary Moriarty becomes the Hennepin County attorney this fall?
9: Well, we've had a... uh situation in in Minneapolis and in Seattle of course of an autonomous zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where you don't have you, know, you don't have law applying. Yeah. And and unfortunately you have business people. You you you've got minority businesses mm-hmm. that are trying to have a place for people to park or trying to have a a, a just common law applying. Yeah. And it hasn't been applicable. They can't call in the police right. to quell violence or you know, address any of the crime issues that have come up. People are asking to go to school, they're asking to go to their grocery store, they're they're asking to go to the park and feel safe. To fill and that's up what their we car. need to do in, in yeah. Hennepin County. And and we're gonna do that. But there has been this national movement to uh, turn the criminal justice system upside down and it Seattle rejected it. Right, uh, they rejected it. Now in San Francisco, yeah. if they have the ability to do it in Seattle and San Francisco, we have the ability to do it here in Minneapolis as well, and in Hennepin County. and And people are asking for that. They're they're just asking for common sense. Have the county attorney do their job. Uh, Mary Moriarty was the chief public defender in Hennepin County, zealous. I I give her credit for being zealous. Doing her job. Uh, But it's in the Fifth Amendment. It it doesn't mean you take over the county attorney's office. In fact, I think half the employees would get up and walk out
4: uh, if you were elected. Which, by the way, is exactly the the pattern that Chesa Boudin had in in San Francisco. He came out of the public defender's office, which, God love public defenders. It's a Fifth Amendment right every accused person has to have a defense. Absolutely.
9: But everybody has to stay in their lane. Make the criminal justice system work. Everybody has to stay in their lane.
4: Yeah, and if you want to bring some new ideas, and a public defender is is perfectly capable of doing that, potentially, but the new ideas that were brought clearly didn't work. In fact, did quite the opposite of working. So let's talk about the opposite case here right now. We know what Mary Moriarty will bring to the office here because we see it all over the country in big cities where the, the, the same group of dark money donors has been bringing candidates uh, like Keith Ellison, like Chesa Boudin, like Mary Moriarty to the forefront. What's the alternative? Why should people vote for Tad Jude for Hennepin County Attorney?
9: I just would like to do the county attorney's job the way it's designed. And and basically, it's to enforce the law, enforce the Constitution. And um, that's what people expect. That's what people want, yep. and that's what people would get with Ted would as
4: county attorney. What is the county attorney's job? There's people out there who, I mean, unless they watch law and order really obsessively, they may not know really what the county attorney's job is supposed to be. I know it. You obviously work in, in the field. You know it. But what is a county attorney's job supposed to be under well, our it, system? it's
9: to enforce criminal statutes but not make policy. Right. And, and you enforce criminal statutes particularly in the felony level. Mm -hmm. You have misdemeanors, gross misdemeanors. Those go more to the cities. Right. But this would be at the county level. You'd have the felonies enforced. And then you also represent the county board. Right. And you get involved in cases like civil commitments, uh, juvenile justice, of course, uh, those kind of issues. But you're representing the county in just virtually every capacity. You have the civil side and the criminal division. And um, it's primarily criminal in Hennepin County. Right. And, and, and you've got over 500 employees. Right. And and they're dedicated to enforcing the law. But, you know, whether you agree with the law or not, that's your job. Right.
4: And it's not to make
9: the law. It's to enforce the law.
4: And the problem with some of these, quote, progressive, end quote, uh, prosecutors like Boudin, like Moriarty, like the prosecutors that we've seen in places like Portland, uh, Newark, Philadelphia is that they are de facto making policy by deciding what crimes they will and will not prosecute and how they will and won't prosecute them by actively moving to get you know, stop asking for cash bail for example. Uh, they, they, they really determine what they, they sort of give a, uh, a by deciding what they will and will not prosecute, uh, sort of give a sort of a mental subsidy for different types of crime. For example, Mike Freeman who looks relatively moderate compared to Mary Moriarty. Really, relatively common sense. On the other hand, essentially said in as many words he had no interest in prosecuting straw buyers of firearms. And so, suddenly, uh, buying a gun, using your clean criminal record, and giving or selling it to someone with a that you know to have a violent crime record so they can use it in a crime, suddenly becomes a, a consequence-free act here. And people don't know how much prosecutors not prosecuting crimes gives a de facto encouragement to certain types of crime, which has further effects on other types of crime, Tad Jude.
9: What I've found is that in the area of guns, the current laws haven't been enforced. No. In in terms of uh, felons in possession. Yeah. uh, You know, that is not really brought to uh, justice very often. Yeah. And and that's... Done under the name of prosecutorial discretion. Yeah. Now, I I think you have to use common sense. Uh, You have some prosecutorial discretion, but it has to be based on common sense. And and right now, uh, we're, we're finding that the proliferation of guns it has to be addressed within the laws that we have in the books right now exactly and, and they're
4: not being enforced they aren't and 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 mike freeman has made his unwillingness to enforce at least one very important class of gun crimes i i mean that's that's a significant part of the reason that you have All these people running around blazing away in in Minneapolis. And what I want to know beyond that, why is Freeman not not doing this, uh, is where are these people finding all their ammunition? It's hard to find out. At any rate, that's a side issue here. Uh, Another issue. And as a St. Paul resident, this is one that's been chapping my hide for a generation right now. John Choi hasn't uh, used, we have a sentence enhancement in Minnesota. If you use a gun in a violent crime, if you use a gun in a crime at all, you can get a whole bunch of extra years to act on your sentence. It's been a great deterrent to crime all over the country for, for a generation now, maybe two. And yet John Choi has never asked for that sentence enhancement or pled it away every time. Before him, Susan Gertner did the same for her whole term in office. Before her, Tom Foley did the same thing. We're going back 30 years, and not once has a sentence enhancement been used, which, in effect, is a way of saying, hey, using a gun in a crime in Ramsey County really has no extra uh, uh, danger attached to it. Uh, go for it. Hennepin County is not a whole lot better, Tad Jude, and it's going to get even worse under Mary Moriarty. I think that's a fa- fair thing to say. Yeah,
9: and I think what you're seeing with the homicide rate of 100 last year in Minneapolis, oh, yeah. Yeah. you've got, a, I believe, 40 already in min- in Minneapolis right now. 38,
4: last I checked. Getting and, right up uh, there. Yep.
9: And, and we're, in, you know, unfortunately, on, on the path to another 100 Yeah, uh, this year in Minneapolis. We're going to have to enforce the gun laws. Yeah. They're on the books that we have right now.
4: We absolutely do. And by the way, I, 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 that's a great point, uh, Minneapolis getting, uh, getting towards 100 uh, homicides in one year. In 2016, there were 91 in the whole state of Minnesota. <laughs> that tells us a little bit about how far things have fallen in the in, in Hennepin County and, and the imperative to ch- change the way laws are enforced in Hennepin County, which we'll talk about your campaign when we come back. Questions okay. or comments for Tad Jude, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Go nowhere. We'll be right back.
8: Hi, friends. This is Katie Pavlich from townhall.com. The liberal media and big tech are working overtime to promote the left's anti-American agenda to silence me and the reporters on our team at Town Hall. We must bring the truth to the American people free from the spin of big media and the censorship of big tech companies. Town Hall covers the news that matters, exposing the COVID lies, the leftist rot and crime surge in our cities, the illegal alien crisis at our southern border, and all of Joe Biden's unconstitutional overreach including the critical race theory attacks on our children and grandchildren by school boards working with the Department of Justice. Visit townhall.com each morning, afternoon, and night for the truth as my team investigates the Biden administration, their big media friends, and leftist activists. With your support, we can keep holding government bureaucrats and their allies in the media accountable. Visit townhall.com today to join the fight. The fight for our nation starts with townhall.com.
0: Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media
4: Group. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you, Elephant in the Room back on the road tonight at the Rose Town American Legion in Roosevelt county road c right between dale and victoria it's on the south side of the street just head down the hill into the parking lot stop by we're on from 7 to 11 tonight elephant in the room back on the road kicking off what's going to be a very busy summer a busy summer for all of us here hennepin county of course uh, holding its uh, county attorney's race uh primary and then the the general election here of course the goal is to get our guest tad jude into the top 2 in the primary coming up here and get that into the the general election this fall here uh, cuz boy it's this is this is one of the races that really matters in a year when people especially uh non-traditional non-traditional non-republicans, African Americans, Latinos, Asians, uh people who live in Minneapolis and St. Paul are particularly prone to looking around and thinking, wow, maybe what we've been doing over and over again is, in fact, the path to insanity here. Uh, let's talk about uh, about the people that you're up against here. Mary Moriarty has some big money players behind her. Uh, tell us a little bit of what we what we know about the money behind Mary Moriarty. Well, we've got
9: uh, the groups, George Soros, uh, Michael Bloomberg groups, the national groups out there, Trying to take over district attorney, county attorney offices,
4: attorney general, and
9: they—they um, they have started groups like uh, the Freedom Fund <laughs> to try to bail people yeah, out. Yeah. and uh, and I think Camila Harris was even involved in uh, making donations to uh, proud the to the say Freedom she was Fund. involved. Yes, and and um, as a result, we have communities that are are suffering. People are in danger right. of more people being released. They're violent criminals. And and we need to have violent criminals behind bars, yeah. and and that's the job of the county attorney, and that's what I'd do as a Hennepin County attorney would make crime illegal again, right? And people <laughs> people don't feel safer since the pandemic. Yeah, you know they, you know the, the pandemic itself has caused people to be stir crazy, but you know part of that was depopulating the jails, depopulating yep. the juvenile detention facilities. You have carjackings. Yeah, people worried about going to the parks, going to the grocery store, going to their schools. Oh yeah. And and, and, and children need to be protected. You need to be safe in the city of Minneapolis.
4: And, 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 by the way, children, teenagers, need to have something to keep their brain occupied other than sitting on a, a computer trying to learn. I, the, the amount of crime that's been caused by bored teenagers who weren't otherwise occupied in school certainly is a scandal that needs to be addressed. Absolutely, Tad Jude. Let's, uh, we understand the process here is you've got to get through the primaries. Here. Let's talk right. about your path to victory in a moment okay. here. Okay. But first, let's go to the phones in St. Louis Park. Mark. Uh, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You're on the air with Tad Jude.
3: Mitch, again, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Mr. Jude, it's an honor talking to you. Earlier in the broadcast, Mitch is talking about the Ramsey County attorneys refusing to add enhancement penalties to gun crimes. Well, John Choi is on record as saying that his number one goal is to reduce disparities in the criminal justice system, not to prosecute criminals. But my question for you, Mr. Jude, is uh, before you campaign, uh, uh, do you believe it's just a minority of elite prosecutors, judges, government officials, and activists who worship at the shrine altar of disparate impact and equity first? safety second and it's the majority of hennepin county residents especially communities of color that believe safety is first and i'll hang up and listen
4: are, are the days of the hennepin county attorney's office as a social justice agency numbered if you get into office statute
9: well it, it has to be uh, your, your criminal penalties have to be looking at behavior yeah, uh, What's the individual behavior? Yep. It doesn't depend on whether you're a man or a woman. right? A- and people have complained to me, well, women aren't sentenced the same as men. It depends on your behavior. Yeah, <laughs> you know You're going to have the same number of women in jail as you have men. It depends most, on individual mo- behavior.
4: Most female felons, uh, all in all, don't have records as long as, as one's arm. And by the way, when they do, yeah. they tend to get uh, sentenced. Let's squeeze in one more call here. Uh, in Minneapolis, Pat, you got about 30 seconds with Tad, you'd go for it pat you are live and on the air with tad jude with any luck at all here there we okay. go hello yeah, yeah you are on the air go right ahead
7: yes hi i'm wondering about the primary you're talking a lot about that and i'm i think we have an open primary here and it seems to me i've heard of some things where democrats will come into the republican primary and vote for the okay. least
9: this is a nonpartisan. And and
7: have a bad candidate to go up
9: Th- this will be nonpartisan. The- This is a nonpartisan race. You know, Democrats, in fact, you've got a big Democrat primary going on in the 5th Congressional District, and you've got a Republican primary. But there are more Democrats than Republicans, usually, in the 5th Congressional District. So it's going to be a big turnout in the 5th District. But you can vote, Democrats and Republicans. And, in fact, many people who are conservative Democrats, moderate Democrats— are looking for safety. I well, encourage their
4: vote. Well, we got about a minute to go, Tad, Jude. Let's talk about that. What is your path to victory? How do you, first okay. of all, how do you get the message that there is a law and order Republican running in a place uh, like Hennepin County where the media uh, has a complete monopoly on information? We've got a website,
9: Jude4Hennepin.com. Okay. Uh, so I'd ask you to go to Jude4Hennepin.com. Okay. And um, I am going out there. I've been going to parades. I've been going door-knocking. Just visiting with people as best I can, and we're going to get a turnout uh, on the primary. It's August 9th, or you've got this window before, of course, where people can vote ahead of August 9th. Yep. But I encourage everybody to get out there and vote, uh, and uh, we need to have everybody engaged. I know it's summer, yep. but uh, we, we need to get everybody out and vote in July and up to August ninth.
4: Up to August ninth. That's that's the that's the, the first big deadline here. We got about two months. Let's definitely get you on the air here again before August ninth to talk about this, because not only if you live in Hennepin County, obviously your mission is clear: get out and and vote for Tad Jude in the primary it's statewide. Re- State- <laughs> oh, sorry, you're right. You're right. Yeah, well,
9: it's. I, I mean. It's a statewide primary. Right. It's a yeah. statewide primary. No,
4: no. yeah. But if you live in Hennepin County or if you yeah. know someone who lives in Hennepin County or if you have friends or relatives or coworkers in Hennepin County, I mean, the mission there is clear. If you want to see something change in Hennepin County, you want to see Hennepin County stop spiraling down the drain as it has been for the last God knows how long here, uh, you, you need, I mean, the mission it couldn't be clear here, Tad Yeah,
9: People need to feel safe in their neighborhood, the streets, and downtown Minneapolis.
4: Website one more time.
9: It's jude 4 Hennepin.
4: jude 4 Duck. I will post that at shotinthedark.info as soon as I get a moment here, which will be coming up in about 45 seconds. Tad Jude, let's do this again. Let's spend an hour talking about Hennepin County crime issues before the primary. Can we do that? Terrific. I'll have Thanks, your Mitch. people call my people. Thanks a lot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. See you at the Rose Town Legion. Knight. God bless you all. God bless America.
8: The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults.
2: Hi, I'm Jeff.
8: Hi, I'm Trish, and we're from Oakdale. Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of
5: tuition at participating Twin Cities schools.
8: The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family.
5: Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
6: The Stone Arch Bridge, the St. Paul skyline, Hoosberry Falls. You can own one of the hundreds of iconic Minnesota images captured by award-winning Twin Cities photographer Wayne Moran for half off the regular price. You'll get a signed 36-inch print of your choice for your home, office, or to give as a gift. Normally $540, now just $270. Only five of these special print offers are available, so call the radio station now at 651-289-4413. 651-289-4413. Dennis
10: Prager with Mike Kilborn, owner of Roof-to-Deck Restoration, the experts at cleaning and maintaining decks and fences. Mike, cleaning, staining, and restoring a wood
1: deck correctly it takes knowledge and experience. Tell people how Roof-to-Deck can help. Dennis, as you know, we have a five-step cleaning and staining process. First, we apply wood cleaner. Second, we wash the deck with low pressure. Because wood is soft, low pressure is very important. Next, we apply a neutralizer to brighten the wood. Then we let the wood dry. When we return, we use a moisture meter to test the wood to make sure it is dry. Finally, we seal the deck by hand. We do not use sprayers. What if it rains? Well, unlike the homeowner who is forced to do it on the weekend, we wait for dry weather, which means you get great results. Learn more by watching some of our videos at Rooftodeck.com. That's Rooftodeck.com. For a free quote, call
10: 651-699-3504. Call now through Thursday and receive $100 off your project of $1,000 or more.
1: AM 1280
0: the